0: Welcome to the Emergency Management Network Podcast. Emergency Management's Trusted Voice, sponsored by Titan HST. Welcome to the Emergency Management Network Podcast. And, you know, we've been playing with some introductions and stuff like this, and I just want to say it's really a pleasure to to have everybody here um, on this network. And if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter Go over to emnetwork.substack.com and we'd love to have you and you can subscribe. There's a free level or we'd love to have you at the premium level as well. Uh, There are some stuff that we're doing in the back end uh, that will really make a difference on on how you participate um, with what we're doing with EMN. And we're really trying to create this community of emergency managers, uh, disaster responders, and thought leaders uh, when it comes into the public space. We're adding some additional uh, features at the Substack and also you know adding additional uh, writers and, and thinkers. So that's what we're doing all the time. So I really would appreciate you guys to go over there. And if you can't go to the paid level, that's fine. Free level is awesome. Love to have you there. Of course, you get some way better benefits by becoming a uh, paid subscriber. but. That's, the, that's beyond the point. The other day, I was talking to a group of young emergency management students, and, and one of them asked me how I have coped with the tragedies I've seen over the years of my service. And studies have shown that laughter and humor reduce the stress by releasing endorphins and the body's natural feel-good chemicals. And humor can also temporarily distract us from the stress, allowing persons to step back from that situation and regain like, a really sense of perspective. Yeah, a little while ago, I took the opportunity to interview uh, Jason Patton from the fire department coffee company, and he has these really funny videos um, on YouTube, uh, TikTok, other places as well. And it really gets into the idea of making fun, making light of the stress that first responders deal with on a daily basis. And he talked about how dark humor and gallows humor um, have been providing a coping mechanism uh, that those of us have seen death and and other tragedies firsthand deal with really what we've seen. So here's here's Jason what he had to say
1: gallows humor and dark humor has been proven to be extremely important in coping mechanisms right like you have to normalize something that most people won't see in their entire life you know and you have to figure out a way to do that um as i've heard from many people a lot of times with dark humor you're essentially taking the power away from whatever you're dealing with so death is hard so you want to be able to take that that power and that struggle away from death so you make a joke everybody laughs that kind of thing it's 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 an amazing coping mechanism that you can use on a daily basis, right? Uh, the the reason I think dark humor gets a bad rap is because you always have that weirdo in the in the station that takes it like way too far, or someone that's just really sick and they want to tell jokes like that, like in the middle of like you know again like they're at their their kindergarten or their kids like kindergarten birthday party and they're ripping jokes about uh, decapitated humans and you're like no no, no you can't do that and like, so. Right. It's great in the station. It's good. I've watched it. I've watched it help people. So it's, it's proven. It's proven to help. And I, and I think it's actually an incredible thing.
0: So every call we respond to impacts the mental health of disasters and the disaster responders. And uh, for most of us, the combination of, of calls that were part of these traumatic events um, we witnessed will affect our mental well-being. No matter how strong you think you are, you are impacted by these calls and the disasters that you respond to. You know, after a particular gruesome crime scene that I responded to, you know, our command staff, uh, made our team attend group debriefing and peer counseling, um, and professional counseling too. And and during this peer counseling session, one of the guys who's a good friend of mine, and I'm not going to say his name because I didn't ask him permission to, uh, uh, to, to to send it out i was leading a group discussion through the concepts of this idea of pebbles in the backpack that each call that we respond to we take a little pebble away from it and at some point that backpack will get heavy and as a team and even as your individual as yourself we need to recognize when our partners or ourselves are aren't carrying that weight well and uh, we really need to help them and that stuck with me that idea of the backpack uh, getting heavy. And, you know, the worst part of the situation is I didn't realize that my backpack was full. And it wasn't until a few years later, um, realistically, after I left uh, first response service and went into education, um, that I understood that I was dealing with uh, post-traumatic stress and that I I was really not me. I was drinking too much. I was was acting recklessly, pushing people away who love me and and making bad decisions. And, And this is the realization that it was okay to ask for help and to talk to people and be vulnerable and be open. And it's essential, really essential to prioritize your mental health awareness and the mental health awareness for disaster responders and having a really deep understanding of what critical incident mental health is, and it's vital for disaster responders. And we need to know what can be done to support the members of our organization and to realistically define the support for ourselves when we're feeling down. Responding to a disaster often involves exposure to this traumatic events. That's including death and injury and destruction. And this exposure can lead to symptoms of post-traumatic stress. It's including anxiety, depression, and, and other mental Health conditions, And moreover, you may experience like the secondary traumatic stress, you know, known as vicarious trauma. And if you think about vicarious trauma, for those of us that were around on 9-11, when we were on the West Coast, that's where I was watching the East Coast being hit and having that experience of not being able to go help. That's some of the vicarious trauma that I'm talking about here. And it's as a result of hearing about this traumatic experience from others as well. And this could further really put those stressors that you may be holding on to into serious concerns. And the consequences of unrelated mental health problems could be significant. You know, you may be struggling with substance abuse, relationship problems, <laughs> job burnout. And man, I can relate to all of those. And in severe cases, we've lost friends. I've lost friends uh, to suicide. Um, over the years. And there's several ways that we could do to help support your team, our team, to promote that mental health awareness And some of the key strategies include providing mental health resources. And disaster responders, emergency first responders should have access to mental health resources, including counseling services, support groups, employee assistance programs. And these resources can provide them with a safe place to discuss their experiences and working through their emotions. And I'm telling you, those of us that are in this field, we need to work through our emotions. You know, uh, talking to friends that have gone through this and we've all sort of been there. And there's a time when you... Feel that you can hold on to everything and, and at some point it's going to come out in, in different ways and some of it's, you know, emotionally crying or anger or, or other self-destructive ways that you're, you're, you're dealing with it. Crying is not self-destructive, but there's other, if you don't let release it, there are self-destructive ways that, that comes out. And you want to encourage really that self-care disaster responders should be encouraged to engage in self-care activities such as exercise. And we talked about this last week that I am now starting this exercise program and I feel better. And it's only been a month, um, you know, and it's not just about losing the weight, but it's also feeling better about yourself when you're done with that program. Mindfulness, take that time to breathe. You see somebody who's having stress, have them, Really take a time out and kind of just decompress and, and, and be able to engage again and spend time. Make them take vacations and have them spend time with loved ones. And these activities will reduce stress and improve your mental health well-being. We need to promote that culture of openness. An organization should promote the culture of openness and disaster responders feel comfortable discussing their mental health concerns without stigma. And this can include training supervisors and coworkers on the importance of mental health and how to provide that support. Providing debriefing sessions, especially after major incidents. Debriefing sessions provide structured opportunity for disaster responders and first responders to process those experiences that they had and share their feelings and their thoughts in a session that could be is open with other people who just went through the same thing. Now I have to remind you that a disaster or a call or an emergency for one person is not processed the same way it is for another something that you might think is not a big deal is a huge deal for someone. You know, I'll tell you, I didn't really feel the stress and the pressure going on children calls until I had a child. And that changed my reaction to going on those kids. Not that it wasn't a big deal because it always is with kid calls, but the change in the attitude when I had my son really changed how when I went on those calls, how it felt to me. So to answer the students questions how have I dealt with stress over the years well i have a great support system my wife and close friends that allow me to cry and vent and talk about the issues that i'm facing and my newfound ability to be open or vulnerable to people and knowing that i don't have to take on all the stress as my own and i still use humor to laugh at myself why is humor helpful laughing releases stresses and in addition Humor can also foster a sense of fellowshiping, building a sense of community among the people who are dealing with a similar stressful situation. It allows people to share their experiences and struggles and find that common ground, which can provide comfort and support in difficult times. Overall, gallows humor or dark humor can be a helpful coping mechanism for managing stress and helping to deal with difficult situations. And by using humor, to gain a sense of control and perspective by building community, connection, gallows humor. Gallows humor can provide a sense of resilience and hope in the face of adversity. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining me today. I think that we really need to take time to reflect on and help others that are going through these stressful events and days it's not going to get easier, but we together we can get through it. Join us here at emnetwork at substack.com. Until next week, stay safe, stay hydrated.